0: What's up everybody and welcome to episode 6 of the Mint City Soccer Show. I am Corey Ensko, and I'm here as always with Johnny Wakefield. How are you doing, Johnny?
1: Oh, I'm fine. Um, it's <laughs> still, what, month 2 now? No, almost starting month 3 of the lockdown. Um, it's been a lot of weeks. So, we're still we're still here. We're still trucking. Not much going on though. What are we going to talk about?
0: <laughs> that that is the magic question of figuring out what we're going to talk about. I think we'll come up with some things to talk about. Yeah. But yeah we hope everybody's uh, doing well and staying safe and staying healthy and your families and all that too. And, and, and I know that it's been a lot of inside alone time for all of us, but we definitely hope you're, you're staying home and staying safe as things start to slowly reopen. I'm not going to make any political statements about any of that. No, Just I think that's a good call. Stay let's, safe. Let's stay out of that. Stay home
1: when you can. How's that?
0: Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, so what are we going to talk about? There were some pretty big Zoom calls uh, that last week that we're going to dive into in a minute here, aren't there? weren't there? There were.
1: We've talked to the team a little bit. Um, Mint City members were all part of uh, various Zoom calls with the staff of the front office over the last uh, week or two. Um, I a few things unveiled in that, nothing like breaking news or crazy. We don't know the name of the team, or do we? Um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's not much really to... Um, like, crazy breaking news that everyone would want to listen to. But we did uh, meet some okay, people. Okay, hold,
0: hold on. You're really, that, you hear that somebody's going to cut it off and be like, oh, I don't need to listen oh, crap, to this. Oh, right. Okay, it's fine. So should we start over? I'm, oh, I was just joking. just oh, oh, okay. Banter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there is some good stuff. Like, we had good relationships uh, kind of building with some of the front office, and they kind of gave some insight into what, um, what they're working on now and what they're working on um, in the coming weeks. So I think it was good. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit um mint city collective has some things coming up too um we teased a little bit in the last two episodes the elections that are coming up there's been some progress there some new merchandise we'll talk about towards the end um yeah we've got some stuff i think we can make it Yeah, we
0: do and yeah like you said i i I get the point you're trying to make is that there wasn't anything like we're not gonna talk about a brand release on this podcast but Mm -hmm. like i took i think we each have what we're gonna how we're gonna go through it is each have some things we pulled out of like really interesting nuggets yeah. from each call we want to kind of go through so i think there was some really interesting information in there um that i'm excited to talk about um but it feels like we are finally we're definitely not through this whole thing but like sports are returning in which i right. think one of the early times we, <laughs> we talked on this podcast we were like when if if ever will sports return but right. like bundesliga starts this weekend maybe um yeah. time will tell maybe if that's a good idea right. or a bad idea um but we're at least seeing things moving toward opening i mean if we want to talk about other sports like nascar right is having a real race this weekend golf comes back this month there's a lot of talk about the nba possibly coming back soon so like we're getting to this point where like we're starting to see some things happen i think the last i saw with mls and there might be something more that i've missed since then but is that, you know, some teams are allowing groups of players to come back and train. Right. Um, so like there's no announcement on like when that season's gonna start, if it will restart, but we're starting to see some things come out that, you know, as long as people are following the right protocols and testing and quarantining and no fans, obviously, like we're starting to see some sports come back, which is uh an exciting thing as a sports fan. Again, right. I'm hoping that it all works out in the end with you know nothing nothing crazy happening doesn't but result it's in the apocalypse some or something yeah right it's fun to have some <laughs> soccer on on saturday though so i'm excited about that
1: yeah i think i saw that what you just said mls is working on training and then uh, they made a statement this week that they're still hoping to get their full season in which who knows how that works so yeah. major league baseball wants to come back and play maybe half a season um so yeah it does seem like we're starting to get towards the end of this, um, at least the first spike of what this all looks like and who knows what the future holds. Um, but the team is starting to kind of wake in a little bit as well. Um, MLS Charlotte, as they are now known or Charlotte MLS, depending on which, uh, social media you use more, um, they have started to engage more and started to put more, um, stuff on their social media and just feels like it's continuing to ramp up, which can only be a good thing. So
0: it is, and, and, and we'll go ahead and spoil the question that, so so part of these Zoom calls, as we get into this part, part of the Zoom calls was, you know, you could ask questions, there's a chat going on, you ask questions right. ahead of time, and of course, like, 99% of the questions were, what's the brand, and or <laughs> when will it be revealed, and or when can I get merch? Right, let me do um, something, yeah. We'll, we'll tell you that none of those questions were answered were other not. than, quote-unquote, soon. Soon. That's all we got.
1: Well, and I asked the question directly <laughs> on the Tuesday call that I think you were a part of, um, and I said at the end, like they, they just said, are there any more questions? And I said, yeah, um, everybody's asking what's the timeline. And Steve Ardress, uh, the lead counsel for Tepper Sports, I think said, yeah, actually we can give you the timeline on that. And it is, and then his mic <laughs> cut out, of course, which, yeah. So he muted himself and they're not, thing. they're being very cagey. They're not going to tell us what's going on, which is an interesting decision, I think on their part. Um, but It's definitely building some emotion in the fan base. People want to know what's going on. Um, And we're all sitting around at home kind of looking for more information, but it'll come when it comes, I think is kind of how you have to take it.
0: Right. And I get, I get why they're not, they're not going to say anything until they're ready to launch it in the way that they want to launch it. And I think we talked about this last episode that like, we probably would know the branding by now had, the shutdown not happened. Yeah, definitely. Right? Like that's, that throughout their plans. They're trying to figure out how they want to do it. And so on one hand, I completely get that, but I wish they would just do something to give us an idea of when to expect it. Like, right. even if it was something they said, June, we will launch, we will announce the brand. <laughs> right. Like June's kind of feels kind of far away, but at least if I had a date or a month to right. look forward to and be like, Oh, here's what we're going to. Or, like, yeah. give me some kind of something to may hold on to. Or, yeah. like, something to hold on to. Be like, okay, here's where you even have like a countdown on Twitter. Like, you could have fun with it. Like, but give us some kind of time to look forward to so we know when things are happening. Cause, like, my worry is not that people should be caring about sports right now because there's a lot more larger things to be caring about. Sure. But, like, there was so much momentum to this thing when it was announced and, you know, we had that first big party and what was it November, December? I don't even know when it was late anymore, December, but yeah, December, January, yeah, ba- back then. Um, there's so the much momentum and people were pumped about it. And, you know, the whole city seemed to be getting excited about it. And then it's been not necessarily, it's not necessarily their fault. It's been this way, but it's right. been just nothing since then. And so I know they can't do things in person. I know they've lost a lot of their ways to kind of you know, engage with the fans and, and make people excited about it. But I think if they gave us something to hold on to yeah. um, in this time before we can really start doing events or anything like that, it'd be really, it'd be really good.
1: Yeah. We're, we're kind of just jumping into the meat of the call and, and the podcast here. <laughs> Maybe we should uh, break off first, <laughs> we, but I didn't want to say that, no, I want to say that Meredith Starkey, who's the chief marketing officer for the team talked about how exciting it was to be able to bring this, Um, brand new brand to life and uh, unveil it for everybody and they want to do it right. And I think that's, that's a good call. You want to do it right. But building that brand over the last five months has definitely taken a hit because of things outside of their control. So it'll be interesting to see, I guess, over the next month or two how they respond to that hit and how they, um, how they manage it because they have to do something. Um, And if they come out with a video in a few weeks that they didn't hype, up anywhere else or didn't get people to help them hype it i don't think they'll do that but if they did that wouldn't right. really work so they need to find ways to connect and i think they will we're all just waiting <laughs> waiting to see <laughs> what that connection
0: is we are and i think it was interesting too and this is something we haven't really talked about but like they already had a really small window to yeah, launch a team right. and assuming they still launch in 2021 which we haven't heard anything differently so like that's that seems it seems to be like it plan. is yeah um that window is getting smaller because again, no fault of their own, but like right. the, the window and maybe not to do some of the, like the, the front office things they're doing, they're still doing a lot of that stuff. But yeah. I mean, as far as like the, the fan and community engagement aspect of it yeah, to have a packed bank of America stadium on you know day one, they're losing a lot of time where they can be building that goodwill in the community. Yeah. Um,
1: so. Well, and, and, the idea of packing stadiums in 2021 in general is kind of a in yeah, the air. There right? might
0: not be fans regardless. Well, so. and even if it,
1: they open up, will fans come? Um, True. There's a lot of big questions hanging over the team right now. So it makes sense that they're not worried about the Instagram commenter who says Queen City FC on every post, but um, <laughs> the fans would like to hear something. So we'll talk a little bit in this podcast about all the different things they did tell us. Um, yep. Yeah. Here's hoping right. on the branding, right?
0: <laughs> yeah really so before we dive into it we're not gonna do a full ad read again i think people are gonna be so sad that we're, we're skipping this two weeks in a row i, I say <laughs> so weeks, two episodes two in, a row, in a row let's <laughs> be honest this is not this has not been a, uh, as regular as we probably should be doing it but johnny what are you drinking
1: um on it your really good yeah on your recommendation sir um higher ground from birdsong has been I stocked in so our fridge so we're doing well um, I told Abby this week that jalapeno pale ale from Birdsong is still my favorite, but this is getting up there. It's pretty close.
0: Um, Did you get it in a can or a growler? This is got, an important question. We got cans. It's just okay. what we do. Sorry, man. Right. Is that disappointed? I will
1: say, what, what was that? Are you disappointed in me? I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs>
0: disappointed. I, I, I'm i just saying that, so this is we're going to get into like a beer podcast real quick, but... <laughs> Birdsong would never can higher ground because they said they couldn't They couldn't maintain the flavor they wanted right. in a can. Yep. I and they're that. doing it, with which makes sense. They're doing it kind of out of just a need to not pour beer down the drain right, right. now. Right, they have to. Um, but now that I've had both the canned and then we, they had growlers this past weekend, so we got growlers of it. Mm-hmm. It does taste so much better in a growler. Does it? Okay, off the tap, well, we'll have the to do a growler this
1: time. Oh, it's so good. So I had so some
0: this weekend if you can't tell. This, this is, have you had it already tonight? Uh, no, I've known drank
1: all no. this weekend. So <laughs> <Okay>. all <gone>. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few years ago when we were, when I was trying to build up my, uh, writing chops here in town, just not for anybody else, just practice for myself. I started a Hornets blog and for every game, you, you might remember this, every game I drank a different local beer and I wrote about the beer and I wrote about the game. So it was 80, what, 82 different mm-hmm. articles, 82 different cans of beer in my house. Um, but Abby, my wife was pregnant during that. And so she couldn't, she didn't drink any of it. So I had a lot of beer and she looked at me the other day and said, so we're buying local beer now to support local breweries, right? And I said, yeah. She said, okay, I'm in like, let's do it. Let's go get flights at places. Let's go, or when they open, get flights. Let's get uh, sampler packs. Let's find what our best favorite local beers are. So that's the train we're on during lockdown. Obviously, um, you do what you can, but I'm what about you, you, sir? Are you drinking?
0: water like i said unfortunately i we, we depleted this we're recording this on a monday night we, we depleted the stash over the weekend <laughs> right. The, the so right now stash. i'm drinking water but i will right. i will shout out the hat i'm wearing which mm-hmm. is for edge city brewery which is now uh our neighborhood's new brewery that opened up in the middle of this whole thing which yeah. props to them difficult um, time to but do in it in the in the great neighborhood of mora uh <laughs> They they just opened up and they've been selling some really, the beer is really, really good. Um, they're doing to-go growlers and all that kind of stuff. Um, so if you're down in this part of town or make a special trip out to it, uh, if you're already out and about doing some regular errand running anyway and pick up a growler. Um, but I'm a big fan of their old post pale. Uh, it's very, very tasty.
1: That's on so, Monroe Road for anyone interested. On Edge Monroe State. Road?
0: Yep. Yep. Right there near uh, Idlewild uh, and Rama. Very nice. That's great. All right, That's cool. So good. We drank right. beer. We, d- <laughs> we did. All right. Let's get into the real stuff. So the All way right, we're going to do this, I think the best way to do this, Johnny, yeah, is to I I was only on the first call, the yeah. Tuesday call. There was a Tuesday and a Thursday call, right? So I was only on the Tuesday call, so I'm going to talk about the four things that I'm taking away I took away from the Tuesday call. And okay. we'll go back and on that, and then I'd love to hear from you because we haven't even talked about this yet. So like what happened on the Thursday call? Um some additional takeaways, anything else you heard there? Sure. Um, and we'll kind of cover it that way. Okay. So the first thing that I'm going to, I'm going to bring up is, uh, they had a handful of people from the team, uh, on the call, which I didn't expect necessarily. I didn't really know what I expected. I thought it was going to be really focused on the community engagement side of it. And right. so, uh, I was really excited to see some of the, some of the front office people on there. So Zora and Cornetta talked a little bit and I thought, um, about the scouting and kind of the team philosophy, which I thought was really interesting. And of course we'd love to have him at some point on, on this podcast to talk more deeply about this. Um, but he said some of the obvious things, you know, they want to be competitive from day one they want to win the MLS cup. I mean, of course you're going to say that when you're, when you're part of a new organization, you don't want to say, yeah, we're hoping to be like, all right, the first year and like maybe by year five be decent. It's really a 10 year build. So (laughs) We're trying to take the (laughs) FC Cincinnati route. Um, So you don't really say that. Um, But what I thought was interesting is like, they have been busy. Uh, He said they, you know, they really hit the ground in January with the scouting and they've scouted more than 1300 players. Um, and, and, and the, they made a point to say, like, we're really looking everywhere. You know, they're not just trying to follow the Atlanta route of just looking in South America and pulling those out they're, They are looking there, but in addition to that they're looking the way he said it was places where a lot of other teams don't go, or even like, don't want to go. I think is how he said it, which I thought yeah. was interesting. Like just, they're really thinking outside of the box, um, and trying to find some, some some talent in places maybe where that that aren't being tapped right now by MLS, which I thought was interesting. I would say that
1: I think that kind of sums up the main takeaway that I had from both calls was that we see what they're doing on social media maybe and some of the um, lack of brand and lack of merch and wonder, well, is this team doing anything? But yes, they are. Um, (laughs) So Zoran kind of talked a lot about that um, from his perspective, but everybody did. Um, Mark Nichols was on the call. He's the Academy guy. He was on both of them. Joe LeBue um, does ticketing. He was talking about their ticketing policies, which we'll get to like everybody who talked, um, talked about how much work they've already done and been able to continue to do through the lockdown and over the first five months. So, um, I thought that was really encouraging. Like you said, um, right. Looking all over the place, getting the, um, lists of players they're interested in already in line. Um, yeah, he did talk about that.
0: Totally. And, and, mm. and the other part he said that I thought was interesting was, uh, about the head coach announcement. Yeah. Um, essentially saying he, I think he called it their most important signing, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was really cool and just kind of tease that, uh, the names that are in contention, we'd be really excited about. Obviously they are not going to any more details than that. Um, but I, I, I did like that. They said, are thinking about it as their most important signings. I think in a lot of ways it really is. Um, yeah. Depending on who the players they sign are, the coach, is, it could be the face of the, the franchise to start out with. Sure. Um, and so I think it's really important to get that one right. And it determines what
1: sort of players you bring in, right? Right. Like if, if that is your most important signing. And I think maybe Atlanta United, who we don't like to talk about a lot, showed that Like when they switched head coaches, when they lost – um, Mr. Martino to Mexico, like it changed mm-hmm. their whole identity and it changed how they played and it changed everything. So if they're bringing in a specific coach that has a specific style, that changes everything about players, about um, how they market. It changes like everything that I could think of off the top of my head. So um, yeah. What did you take from that? Um, did you take that to mean that they're looking at American coaches that we might recognize or premier league coaches or what, which direction did you go with that?
0: The, the big name coach, I think is what, yeah, I mean, I would think big name, but I mean, I I just, I wonder what that actually means. I think recognizable name was maybe a better way to think about it. That's what I thought, which would probably mean for like a general audience, an American name you might know. I mean, Mm -hmm. it could be, he could have been talked about if you, if you've, you know, if you've been following soccer, you'll know this name, which would include, you know, some of the, you know, coaches from England or something like that. Mourinho probably, right? who Mourinho <laughs> Jose Mourinho is that where we're going of course, with this of yeah course. of course yeah. Marcelo Bielsa <laughs> yeah but no I mean I think it just to me it sounded like I, I'm I would guess American but I think someone that you know most people will know their name yeah um who have followed soccer on any kind of level that so, is what again, he made we have it no like. information on this but that's that's right. what it made that's what he made it sound like to me yeah I agree with that and it's, and so we said I don't know if I actually said this part but that announcement could be coming in the next couple of months yeah um, so give a little bit of timing on that, which is nice. So, so, that'll be interesting to really see. I think probably their
1: original plan was to do it sometime this summer after the season's wrapped. And now that the seasons are kind of up in the air, they don't really know. Um, but he, I felt like he made it sound like they have somebody or
0: maybe two or three candidates. They definitely have a short list. A that's, short that's, list. The, yeah. that's the, uh, the gist I got, which was, interesting. oh, we didn't say he, he almost completely blew the branding. He did. I'm convinced <laughs> there was a moment in the call where he said, Charlotte, and then paused. Like, he was getting ready to say something else, and he thought about it, and he said, MLS. He <laughs> came this close to telling us all in the Zoom call what the branding was. I think he did, yeah. So <laughs> but he was the only one that got close to a slip. He was the only one. Yeah. But that makes me feel good that we feel... I mean, we we felt pretty good about this, but Charlotte is, is the name, whether it's... We think, yeah. Charlottetown or... Char- well, yeah, we think, yeah, but yeah. If, if we were right that he was spoiled right there, that was... I think he was talking was about
1: confirmed. players, and he said something like... Um, the players who will play for Charlotte, uh, MLS, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that Charlotte
0: town, Charlotte, Charlotte athletic. Yeah.
1: Or FC. We'll see. We have no idea. FC. Yeah. we have
0: no idea. All right. Point number two that I have, we'll keep moving through this, uh, is when we had Dustin Swinehart talk a little bit about the community engagement part, which again, he's another one. A lot of these people we're talking about, are, we're probably gonna have on a podcast soon uh, to, get, yeah. to dive more into this um but i thought dustin's point were really interesting and especially it made a lot of sense knowing his background um which you know a lot more about too uh, johnny cuz you've you've known him for a little bit longer um but some of the points he made about how they're going to try to engage in the community um the points that i took down were you know really focusing on like after school soccer programs especially yeah. in like title 1 schools um and and it not just being a soccer program but like a soccer and reading or soccer and some kind of you know academic piece too um, installing small soccer fields in lower income areas. I think that's a great idea. You know, you see, you see the Hornets doing that some with, you know, their, their courts that they've installed in various parts around the city, but, uh, doing that to make people feel connected to the team all over the city. Um, and then he also spoke about, uh, really tapping into that Hispanic community. Um, I think he said that's an important part of our city and we want to connect and be a very authentic piece of the Hispanic community, which I thought was an important way to put it, not just like, pandering to that community because you know hey they like soccer let's get them to come to games like we know like make it a very authentic relationship be a part of that community uh, and make them feel connected to the team too Um, so being very intentional about that I thought was a really good point Uh, especially considering you know they're building the facilities on the east side over there which has large Hispanic community I think it's really important to make sure that they're tapping into that community not just tapping into becoming a part of that community making it a very authentic relationship um, with that community too. So I thought had some really good points that he made there.
1: He did talk about Jorge Herrera and how Jorge is helping him with that. I think that was on the Tuesday call um, mm-hmm. and that they are not just what you just said, like using them as a, a poster child or something, but actually authentically connecting there. And I think everything that he talked about in, in the phone call kind of sums up who he is and what he what his background has been, which is interesting to me um, because he's been hired as the community engagement person And what he's bringing to the table is nonprofit work, right? Like he's coming in not as like a a political community organizer or as a businessman or as like a banking type exec, like who knows how to network, but he's a nonprofit guy. He's run Project 658 over on the east side for a while. Um, He's worked with Charlotte Eagles, a Christian organization in town. Um, And he brings this um, like purpose to his work. So he wants to bring in... Soccer, yeah, um, to these communities for sure, because that's his job and that's who he's working for. But with that, he's bringing in more than that. He's bringing in, like you said, reading programs and after school programs and uh, focusing on people holistically instead of just as soccer players. And I think that's a really interesting approach to take. I think it's a good one. Um, And I'm curious to see how, how he builds a team that can implement that across the city. And I think Jorge is a good step in that direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those are probably two of the hires that I was, so far, that I've been most excited about, if I'm being totally honest, were Dustin and Jorge. And I think for all the reasons you just said, I think those are really, really smart people to bring onto this team if you really want to make uh, an authentic connection with all parts of the city. yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it was, I was excited about it when they when they made those hires and just hearing from him again. kind of reinforced that for me, that he seems to, he has his background in nonprofit work, he has the right things in mind, and it seems like he's taking the right steps to kind of keep that moving forward.
1: I'll say in the second call on Thursday, he talked more about supporters groups, um, which was interesting. He kind of veered away from the stuff he said on Tuesday and focused on the idea of building a supporters culture and talking about how our supporters group um, or supporter club, I think for the team will be, um, he has a goal of making it the best in MLS, which is great. Um, yep, I would like uh, to see how that happens, and I think Mint City Collective has a good uh, opportunity to be that culture and to build that culture. Um, anybody else is obviously welcome, uh, but w- I think at this point the collective is a thousand plus members strong and growing, and so we want to find a way to work with the team and work with Dustin uh, to kind of build that up and turn it into something that. Like he said, is one of the best in the league, um, and that takes some uh, some strong relationships with the team and some strong relationships amongst the collective and um, with local media and all these things. Um, so we'll see we'll see kind of where the team wants to go in that direction, and then uh, Min City Collective. I think we'll do the things that we think are most important, um, mm-hmm. led by all the members and what the members want to do. So,
0: yep. And I think these conversations are an important kind of first step to all of that for yep. them to see where we are and what we care about and and how we approach it. And then also for us to see where their heads are at as well. So I think it's really a start to that and hope we have, you know, uh, we need to go beyond conversations, obviously, but this is a good, when we can't meet and do other things, I think it's a good starting point to make sure we're, we're kind of getting on the same page with that. Yep. All right. So the next point, uh, Joe came on to talk about ticketing. Yeah. Um, And, I thought we've seen a lot of numbers thrown around, but it was nice to kind of have them have it actually said to me and I can write it down and like actually take them in. Cause <laughs> right. like there was a difference between numbers, like in deposits versus seats and what those all different mean all different, those different numbers mean. Uh, but the numbers he threw out in the Tuesday call war were, were 7,500 deposits. Yep. Which works out to about 24,000 seats. Yeah. Which I'm pretty excited about. It's a lot. And I think, yeah, that's, that's a lot. And I, and again, I think like, we might even see higher than that right now if it hadn't been for the world to shut down like it has. Oh, yeah. I'm um, sure there haven't that, been many still a lot of momentum, new I'm deposits sure. in the last few months. right? Um, so I think, but that's still a really, really encouraging number. Because do you know off the top of your head how, how large the lower bowl is? I, I want to say it's like 30-something. No, you do? Okay.
1: Yeah, the lower level that they're looking to fill is 34,000. So it's, so the, that includes, I think some of the luxury seats and boxes and stuff, but that's the footprint that they're working with. He said that on, on Thursday, they're looking to fill 34,000 and then getting
0: pretty close to filling up that lower bowl, even with season tickets and not even including like, you know, the single game sales. So like, that's, that's a beautiful thing.
1: Well, and, and if they can, um, he went into a little bit more that if they fill those 34,000, they'll open up the upper bowl, which was something that I hadn't heard them say explicitly yet, but that we'd all kind of wanted um, their goal is to open up the upper bowl for the first game um, and then for the big games that follow. So they don't want to open it up and have it be like half empty um, right. or half full, depending on how you go. Um, <laughs> but what they want is to fill it when they open it. And so they'll do that selectively, kind of like Atlanta has done their first few years. And then if demand uh, or if yeah demand is there, then they'll open it more often. Um, but to hear that it would be open for the opener, that they're hoping to fill the whole stadium for the opener, um, that was exciting to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's really exciting. And, and they did say too that um, they're looking at like mid to late summer for the seat conversion process, so actually turning your deposits into like real actual seats. So right. that's kind of the timing they're looking at for that. It could change obviously depending on how things go, but um, that's that's what they're looking at as far as timing goes. So I I just looked up average attendance
1: in MLS in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen um, and the if they actually just took the deposits they have now and sold 24,000 season tickets, we would be sixth in the league in attendance. So to talk about like, to only compare ourselves to Atlanta isn't fair, right? Atlanta has blown, blown everything out of the water. Seattle does too. Both of those are above 40,000, but we're close there. (laughs) Like we're at 24, um, by deposits. Um, and it's, I don't know, seven months out and the team's only been around for five months. Like, Right. I, I feel like they're doing a really good job of hyping this up um, or have done a good job. And I can't see a scenario where they're not hitting 30,000. And that would put us in third place for average attendance in the league. Like That's a success already. Right. So I think that's a, a really positive thing. And they have to be looking at those numbers and thinking, okay, we got this. Like, we're, we're, yeah. we're, like we have the lockdown, but we, we're in a situation <laughs> where we've already sold deposits and people are excited and we have a crowd ready to try to replicate Atlanta on some level. Um, who knows if they'll get to that 50,000 average number, but, um, 30, but I've, 34 I've, would be really
0: impressive. Right. And I bet, you know, they're aiming for that and they should be like, they're aiming for Atlanta and Seattle. Like that's what they want. And, you know, they want to get there and they want to beat that. But the reality is, yeah, if they come even close to that or even where they're, you know, with, if, with, with the deposit they already have, they're, they're really high up on the ticket sale list. So like, it's a really right. good place they're at, but I think they're pushing to be that Atlanta, which I think is the right mindset to have. Cause then if you, if you don't get there, you're, you're, you're still having a really, really strong fan base and a really good atmosphere. Uh, compared to a lot of MLS clubs in for, the U.S. so yeah, really For fun. a
1: comparison that people might have seen, DC United brings in about 17,000 on average. Mm-hmm. So the fact that there's 24,000 deposits already, maybe they won't all convert into season tickets. Maybe it is just an average. And there's 7,500 deposits, which should translate to 24,000, I should clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, but DC United's a fairly successful 25-year-strong MLS team, and they're at 17, so... We're not looking yeah. at nfl size crowds for most of these teams, um, and Charlotte seems to be aiming pretty well for that.
0: Yeah, totally. So last point I was going to make on mine, and then you can you can add anything that happened Thursday. Yeah. Uh, is is And I, I don't know if they talked anymore about this on Thursday, but they just kind of made an offhand. I guess they were answering a question uh, and mentioned that some of the stadium stuff has been delayed for obvious reasons, like mm. construction just isn't happening. It didn't seem like it was anything that was going to like mess up any of the MLS plans, like they already have good facilities because they're an NFL facility, so like it's not like they have, you know, they're not RFK Stadium or anything. Where they <laughs> right.
1: do a lot of work to it. Raccoons um, living on the field, yeah, right.
0: Uh, but it did sound like maybe some of the pieces that they had hoped to have for launch may not be there. Um, but I don't know yep. if we talked any more about that in the second call. But he just kind of they they mentioned it offhand, so I thought I threw it out there.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting. They've talked about all these changes that they need to make to the stadium. Um, we'll see if any of them don't happen, but it seems like they'll probably get it all done in time. Um, kind of jumping off of that, the main conversation this week in the Slack has been about the pipe and foundry site. Do you Mm -hmm. know anything about that? Can we talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, we can talk about, I was actually just thinking about that too. So we can jump into that for a minute too. Um, yeah, if you, do you want to, you want to start it off? Yeah, I can explain it a little bit. So a long, long held rumor in Charlotte
1: has been this pipe and foundry site, the Charlotte pipe and foundry, I think, um, mm-hmm. has been around for a very long time and it's just outside of uptown, just uh, across the interstate from bank of America stadium and recently, um, some laws were passed that encouraged them to leave town. Um, so they've found a cheaper place to run their business and they're going to move, um, with some incentive given by one, Mr. David Tepper to uh go elsewhere. So they are moving their uh, operations elsewhere and of course that would then lead to the rumor that David Tepper would like to build the Tepper Dome, um mm-hmm. a, a Mercedes-Benz Stadium style uh football soccer retractable dome megaplex um just outside of uptown. So working
0: title, working yeah. title.
1: <laughs> right. So that's kind of been the rumor going around and people are digging and trying to find information on it. Um It leads to some interesting questions about the upgrades of Bank of America Stadium because they're making all these changes and spending a decent amount of money, more than I have, um, to (laughs) upgrade the stadium that might not be around for a decade. What's your take on all that?
0: Yeah, it's one of those, obviously nothing is confirmed, but it's very much like where there's smoke, there's fire kind of situation. Like This has just been flying around as a rumor even before... Some of the news about the actual move became official even close to official that yeah. was always People were eyeing that site and saying at some point they might leave and that could be the site for a new stadium. yeah um, and, I remember and hearing, made
1: I remember hearing that as a rumor during the Marcus Smith MLS expansion mm-hmm. bid like two years ago, like unrelated right. to the Panthers and it's yeah, just it's been, been, been around rumor for a while for a while
0: yeah yeah um, and so Tepper has made it very clear that he wants an Atlanta style um, dome, megaplex, yeah, and I don't think Bank of America is going to convert to that. Yeah, so not. it seems like pretty obvious that he's he's going to build something, and the location of that just makes way too much sense. I mean, it it's does. a huge chunk of land; it's legitimately right across the street from where um Bank of America currently is. So it's not it's not in the heart of Uptown by any stretch, but it's still very much Center City, very connected to the Uptown area. Especially if you talk about building, like you know things that kind of draw you out to that part of town, which I'm sure will be part of it too. Sure. Um, so yeah, it just seems, it seems very obvious. I think everything's happening a little bit sooner than we all expected. it Yeah. I think that felt like more of a 10, 15 years down the road thing and it might still be, but it seems like the the sale kind of happening this week or whenever it happened seemed a little bit faster than most people expected. And I get your point about, you know, we're spending this money on bank of America stadium, um, when we're probably going to be having this new dome out there too yeah um i don't know I, I guess it doesn't totally bother me for and i'm not a huge proponent of like spending public money on stadiums <laughs> which we won't get into watch yourself all of that all of that You're stuff gonna get murdered. but um i think in the in it it is a lot of money it is to like me and you i think in the large scheme of things it's not as much as you would think okay and then um, it's like, a, it's like a temporary fix to get it, you know, solid for MLS for now with the plan that this is not the final solution for what the MLS team will be playing in. I think the most
1: interesting question is what happens to bank of America stadium if he gets his Tepper dome across the street? Because I've seen some people say, well, obviously he blows it up hundred percent. It'll be gone. Yeah. Turn into an office building, whatever. I've seen other people who I have give some credibility to. Say well, I think there's a chance that they would take Bank of America and make it a soccer-specific stadium and turn it into like a a stadium like the Dolphins have done in Miami. Um, kind of put a tarp over the top and kind of retrofit it for MLS only. And that's interesting to me. You seem skeptical. I just, yeah, I
0: just why don't would see you build a new stadium, doing that. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see the point in doing that. You're building a stadium probably with you know mls and nfl in mind yep. again the atlanta model of doing this not that we should always copy atlanta but like they've done a really good job and so yeah. there's, there's a reason they look down there and i think that charlotte is looking a lot at atlanta so yeah, i think you sure. build something that can hold nfl mls and other big events and that's there why would you have another stadium especially when well, we well, really why not
1: have two what's wrong with you it's, well because it's David already, he gets two stadiums he does not you've already once.
0: got uh <laughs> memorial on the other he gets side of three uptown. stadiums so you don't need three stadiums. That's, my, that's <laughs> the point I'm getting to is like, you've got, you've got the NFL stadium, the NFL slash MLS stadium. And then when they, uh, finish working on uh Memorial and you've got kind of that more, what are they sitting there? Like 15, 20,000. It's more of like your typical, like soccer size, yeah. you know, arena or maybe a small MLS, um, stadium. Yeah. So you've got like NWSL two very maybe. different sizes. Uh, yeah, you have two very different sizes of stadiums. I don't know why you need a third, a, like a converted forty thousand seat Bank of America Stadium sitting in the middle of there when you can burn that to the ground and build like you know entertainment district that again sure. like draws people out to that part of town for games or gives you something to do before or after games or something along those lines. I just um, think it'd be I fun. Just, uh, just leave, I mean, yeah, I, 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 stadium, get, I get, that, make I get a the desire stadium. for it, yeah. but I, don't, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree. Sorry to bust the rubble.
1: No, no, it's happening. I'm going to stay on that <laughs> side of the fence. I, I want my own soccer stadium, dang it. Um, no, I get it. I, I think that is probably the logical way to go. Um, so stadium stuff we've talked about. Um, your three big takeaways. I'll say that there were some things that came up on Thursday that we haven't talked about yet. Um, the main thrust of a lot of the questions and a lot of the responses, because I think there was more Q and a in the Thursday call was affordability. Um, a lot of people said, well, the questions were like, so what do you want to see? And I think maybe four of the first five responses were, we want it to be affordable. Um, we want you to look at the models elsewhere. Um, someone brought up New York city FC, ironically in New York, um, charging less than what the other sports teams are charging in order to bring your fans in. And it's worked, uh, according to that uh, member. I didn't write down your name, man, sorry, Um, (laughs) if you're listening. But um, a lot of other people brought up, like, we want families to come. We want low-income people to be able to come. We want um, your average sports fan to not spend Panthers prices to go to an MLS game. And the response unanimously was, yeah, we know. We're going to keep ticket prices as low as we can. Um, And that led to the PSL conversation that Twitter loves to have and that people love to rage about. Um, And Joe spoke up about PSLs and said, well, we're still talking about it, um, but we don't think supporters will have to pay them, which was interesting. We don't really like he wouldn't give us a definite answer, um, but Hmm. it sounded a little bit like the supporter section might not have them and other places would. So that was kind of the speculation that came out of it. Um, no definite answer from the team, but PSLs were definitely a point of interest in that Thursday call. Um, PSLs then, Corey, with the pipe and foundry conversation (laughs) of a new stadium coming in five years or 10 years, it's all kind of a mess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're making (laughs) me talk about like controversial stuff now. (laughs) Sorry, man. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of PSLs. Nobody is. And everybody hates PSLs. Even so even if you look at them as the most uh benign version, but I may be the wrong word, but like if the spirit of them is the people who will be going to the games pay a license to help fund the stadium. Right. To so that the public money isn't being used for that. Like rather than all taxpayers, you know, the city forks over $5 billion for a stadium. It's all the fans fork over their, you know, a few hundred, few thousand, whatever it is to help build the stadium that they want to get, they have a seat in. Right. Like that's, and I guess if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, like Richardson, started the PSL thing. Like he was the first one to do it with the Panthers. I yeah. could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure if he wasn't the first, he was one of the first to do this. Was, and then it yeah. became like, Oh, that's genius. But people started using it and not to say Jerry didn't also, but because he might've, but like using it as a way to make money. Yeah, for sure. Just additional form of income rather than the spirit of it, which is to be like, you're investing in this cause you're helping us build this stadium. Right. Um, so I don't, yeah. So like, especially if you're talking about PSLs in an MLS stadium or in, in Bank of America stadium, that stadium's already been built. The money has already been put <laughs> right. out for it to be renovated. So like, what is that PSL money going to? I yeah. guess that's my biggest question. It's, I think, um,
1: I think the argument in favor of, again, we're arguing in favor of things we both probably disagree with. Um, <laughs> but the idea is that you won't buy a PSL unless you actually want to go to games. I, I think, I think I've seen that argument. Whereas, Otherwise, you could get a season ticket and list them all on StubHub, and stuff, it would not be a big financial commitment. Um, I we, don't. I don't think have, that holds have water. You, have
0: you watched Panthers games when the Panthers <laughs> aren't good? That's not or stopping people from Green selling Pittsburgh to fans. Town. Yeah, Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, I think that's fair. Like PSLs don't
1: make a lot of sense, um, but it seems to be yeah. a way that teams like to make money. So I think no, and I get
0: it. I I get that. I mean, that's that's part of the, what they're trying to do. I I completely get that. And if you know, if we're talking about a brand new. Tepperdome, I still not might not be for it, but I understand it a little more if like that money is being used for some piece of the construction budget. I don't think that's gonna happen. It's not being taxed, but I don't think it's gonna happen either. But yeah, yeah, I would really be I would be disappointed. (laughs) Not mad. I'm disappointed (laughs) Disappointed. if there were PSLs for a Bank of America playing MLS team. I should Um, I
1: should give an actual quote from Joe because I did write it down. He said, We are taking the survey feedback very seriously. No decision has been made yet on PSLs. So that, that was, that was kind of okay. the, the front that they gave us. But I think beyond that, um, it, it seems like it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. I think though, to your first point to get off the PSL, uh, hot button topic is, um, <laughs> is, uh, I think affordability is a huge, huge part of it. And yeah. it's good that they seem to understand that they like, they can't charge NFL ticket prices for this MLS team. Not right. even really close to it. Like they need to make these games affordable. Yeah. So, he, I'm glad they're hearing that and they seem to be responding to that. I and mean, PSL discussion aside, like that's that's something they really need to be thinking about too.
1: He did he did say a little bit more on actual ticket prices too. So, he said supporters won't be more than 30 bucks. You can probably get a midfield seat for under 100. So, if you compare that to Panthers games, which is yeah. the context that all of uh, their front office kind of works in it's significantly less than panthers games so if you're comparing it to a usl game well maybe a different story um but if you're comparing it to nfl it's going to be definitely
0: affordable so um, i mean if you want to if you were to compare like the the independence if you're buying face value tickets i mean you're paying what 20 for some of the some of the sidelines Oh, for sure so they have tickets that are considerably more than that as well
1: right Um, so i mean i think yeah yeah. Their their goal is to I, sell I, tickets and to keep people happy too, right? Like they're not going right. to charge too much money for these games. Um, but they did talk a lot about tickets and ticket pricing in the Thursday call. Um, the other thing that we had that you didn't have on Tuesday was President Tom Glick. He showed up I'm, for the Thursday call. I'm so call. mad about this. All the early uh, adopters who came to the first call missed out on hearing from the president um we should
0: be rewarded for being so on the ball that we got on the first call (laughs) but no 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 Uh,
1: but mr glick um said one quote that i liked he he talked maybe for five minutes at the beginning and then he had to go to a call with uh zoran um but he said this club has an opportunity to do something amazing for our community and use the power of soccer for good so whether you think that's just a, a marketing uh gimmick or what it does feel like it's kind of running through the whole organization that they see this as something beyond just a game which yeah i think people say that about a lot of games but for soccer in particular as we've talked about on this podcast and we talked about in the collective a lot um soccer unites a lot of different communities and i think they know that and they want to use this maybe in an uncertain time of 2020 or maybe just because charlotte and socioeconomic stuff in the world is rough. Like they want to use soccer for good. So I don't think you're going to see um, low income people stiffed and you're not going to see Dustin Swinehart decide not to do things for low income schools. (laughs) Like they're hiring people and putting things in place. I think that'll make it a good organization for the city, which um, I don't think is just a PR move. Like obviously you want to say that stuff, but it it feels like it's running in everything they're talking about. So
0: yeah, I think it'd be one thing if you had, if you had, you know, just for example, David Tepper saying that, but then hiring people that very much do not fit that mold. Right. But I think exactly. even starting with Tom Glick, there's someone who understands soccer and the role it plays in communities and cities and things like that. He he, he has a background. It's so like he gets that. And then, yeah, like we already talked about the hire of, you know, Dustin and, and Jorge. You know, you're yeah. not just saying we're going to engage these communities. They're hiring people who have already been active in some way and, you know, in nonprofit work or different communities they're, they're like they're they're putting the money where the mouth is right now so that's right. i think that's yeah it, it might still feel like a you know the right pr thing to say but at least they're making moves that seem to be supporting what they're saying right and that makes me feel good about it that's
1: all you can ask for um mark nichols also talked quite a bit on the thursday call um and it came up what's the relationship with the team and the Charlotte Independence? And that was an interesting question because I think a lot of people in town who have followed soccer for a while, um, like we have, um, have wondered what will happen to the independents. And he obviously couldn't answer that, but he stressed how good of a relationship they have, um, how they've even worked with them on some analytics stuff after game one. And they had a a kind of working contract in place to help them throughout the season and kind of bring Mark Nichols and all of his academy experience to help the independents um, in 2020. Um, obviously, that didn't. The USL season ended after one game, um, and I, I think they're hoping to still come back and um, reignite that relationship. But it—he made it sound like it was a very positive relationship, both with the Independents, uh, between Charlotte MLS and the Independents, and between Charlotte MLS and all the different youth clubs. So he talked a lot in on Thursday about um, building up the youth club and the academy, and I think you're seeing that on social media as they hype up mm-hmm. every. 12-year-old they signed to the team, um, which is interesting. But I think it, it shows that it is an emphasis for them, and it's something that they're working on connecting locally and connecting in each little city, big city, around North and South Carolina both. Um, a little bit Charlotte-centric. He said that they're doing more in Charlotte than they're doing elsewhere, but that's just natural and makes sense. Um, yeah. We'll see. I, I think the, they're trying to reach into different neighborhoods as well, neighborhoods and communities. Um, let's see. So he talked about that. Uh, Somebody asked him about a big DP signing, or if we're going to see all the signings come up through the Academy. And he said, well, obviously we want some coming up through the Academy. Um, and we would love to have a big designated player, but he stressed the three words. We are looking for value in our signings, which does not seem to me to be a Tepper, um, life motto. But maybe it makes oh. sense for an Academy director to be looking for value. Um, so I think they'll probably be a mix, as you said on the Tuesday calls, or talking about all the different places they're looking. But really looking for value, I think he repeated two or three times. Um, so yeah, what do you think will happen with that? We're just speculating at this point, but that was an interesting statement I thought from Mr. Nichols, director of the Academy.
0: That, that is very interesting. Um... I think when you're being asked about a DP and you say value, that's not the answer you want. You're not <laughs> like looking for if, Gareth Bale or something, if you, right? Right. If you've already signed your 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 like star DP and like some of your lead, like your the stars of your team, and then for the bench or like right. for some of those lower places in the roster, you're like, we're trying to get the most for our money. Totally get that, right? But um, I think that's interesting to say that repeatedly when 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 someone asked you about the the big dp signing so yeah uh interesting and yeah it doesn't seem like tepper's style did did (laughs) christian mccaffrey take away our dp money like what happened (laughs) well
1: i think it might be fair to say that it was the academy director saying that and not tom glick and not zoran right i think it's uh it it might be who you need to consider the source of the quote um but i think they will probably make some DP signing. We didn't hear who or where they're looking in this in these conversations, but um, they'll have to make at least one or two big signings. And -hmm. then the idea that they're building up this local academy, I thought was really good. So maybe that's where the local value or the uh, looking for value phrase comes in is with the academy and with um, looking at American and local um, Hispanic players. But I guess we'll see. Um, the last big point that I think was covered in both, um, was the branding. And we teased it a little bit at the beginning of this episode. (laughs) Um, they did not tell us the name. They did not give us a timeline. They did not tell us the colors. They did not tell us anything. Um, but Meredith Starkey, who's the chief marketing officer, talked about how excited she was to build a brand and unleash it and like be the one to introduce it to market. A lot of marketing terms in that, in that Tuesday call, um, But she also referenced, and this is my uh, most excited takeaway, I think, from her comments. In both calls, she referenced the peach kit that came out of Atlanta. So the Atlanta United Front Office, she said, was considering using peach as a color, even though their colors were red and black. Um, And they were considering it. It was kind of one of their uh, dream ideas of maybe doing someday. And then the supporters group put up a TIFO of King Peach and um, really embraced it without any prompting from the front office. And they looked at that and said, yep, this connects. This is a good idea. We need to do it. And so the next season, their second season, they had a uh, peach-accented white kit, and it sold a lot. And so I think she brought it up in both meetings to the supporters group to say, like, we're listening. Um, If you have ideas and you're doing things, we're going to take them and run with them, right? Mint jerseys is what I'm hearing. I, right? I'm not going to say mint jerseys, but <laughs> I do feel like having a 1,000 people signed up to the Mint City Collective already, that could be something that they're thinking about. God, I would love that. <laughs> I mean, it has precedence, right? Real Madrid had a mint jersey. Um, a bunch of teams in Europe have had There's a mint a lot College, of mint going around Liverpool, right now, it feels like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. God, that's a good place to end. That's a beautiful thing. I'm right? just going to think about that for a while.
1: That's not a bad one. So so she no. brought up the peach kit. I think a mint kit or mint highlights or mint something might be in our future. Um, mm. Who knows? But I yeah. I should say,
0: too, just one other little point there is that she did mention that merch would be available on the day of launch. She did. Which like a lot of people asked about merch, which is legit. Like, when can I buy yeah. Charlotte blank stuff? Um, and it sounds like like day of launch, which means like everything's already picked and branded. It is already <laughs> picked, exactly. <laughs> We'd love so your we're input, just but merch will be
1: available. It. We already have it. Um, yep. I, think, I think if we had all met together in March for this big unveil event, they would have had it then. And so mm-hmm. now that's probably just sitting in a box somewhere, which makes me question, why has this not leaked yet? Why does nobody yeah. know what this is? If you are listening and you work <laughs> for the team or you work in the building, Look around. Send us some pictures.
0: <laughs> Someone has done a really good job of keeping the lid on this because you're have. right. It's They've really surprising that we haven't seen any kind of legitimate we know it's social done. media post.
1: Maybe yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, they will have merch out, and maybe this is where we transition to the end. The, well, I'll say before we end, those two calls were really great, and I think it mm-hmm. gave what 80, 90 of our members a chance to interact with the team, and that's um, somebody sent me a message in Slack afterwards and said. I've been a fan of sports teams for like 40 years and I've never had a chance to talk to front office people ever. Yeah, It's never even something I would consider as a possibility other than maybe like a handshake at a meeting or something. But the MLS team took, um, an hour and a half out of their week to talk to supporters and like answer questions and just give FaceTime and like interact. And I think that's a really good thing. Um, I don't know if they're going to do more of them. I would assume so at some point. Um, but I think any chance you get to interact with the front office of a team that you're going to support and buy tickets for, like it just—it's building bridges, it's building relationships, and that seems seems to be a good marketing move too, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's perfect. So, any—I know we're, we're running longer than we expected. To we are. Any, sorry, man. Any, uh, we're just rambling here. No, ones. this is good. This, good. Is, this was a great conversation. Well done, Johnny. <laughs> any uh, Min City Collective news? Quickly, you want to share? I know you teased some stuff at the beginning, but anything going on that you want to make sure you get out there?
1: A few things. Um, We talked about how the team is going to have some merch at their unveil. We are also going to have some merch. We've got some things in the works that are going to come to the website soon. Um, Different things have been requested in Slack. Different things that we've kind of dreamed up. Different things that Roaring Riot has already done, um, if you're looking for clues. So there are some new Mint City merchandise things coming soon. Um, Corey and I are actually going to do an Instagram Live sometime soon.
0: Um, (laughs) (laughs) hold on we have (laughs) we have discussed this in passing and now you're putting it on the podcast you gotta hold me to it i just wanted to put it on the record i guess we're doing it now it's official we're doing one so if you don't
1: follow us on instagram yet it's mint city pod i believe Um, we're going to do an Instagram live sometime in the next week or two, um, where we answer questions and host a game show. I'm just making stuff up now. So I love it. Let's do it. Okay.
0: Let's just make stuff up now. We'll make it happen. Just
1: follow us now and we'll keep you posted. Um, (laughs) we've also run a, uh, Corey and I both used to write for soccer and sweet tea, um, which is a soccer outlet here in uh, the Carolinas and they did a a Jackbox night. Um, so we should do a Jackbox night, mint city soccer show, Jackbox or something. Jackbox is a game that you can play on your phone. You watch a stream and interact with us that way. Um, but we're going to have a Jackbox night uh, before the end of May. I
0: good? really love that you're just spitballing <laughs> all these ideas. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not spitballing. Like, this not, is happening. I'm not kidding. We have not discussed any of this <laughs> I've ahead got of right board, now. Just and he's just throwing out ideas. You and asked I'm, for I'm, announcements. i am you announcements. We're going to do it. We're Let's announcing it. things. Um, Jackbox. The,
1: the last thing that we actually did announce today. Um, Mint City Premier League is ending. The en- is nearing the end of season one, and the PlayStation Four conference, which Corey and I did splendidly in, um, is nearing its end. This is our final week, so we are going to host an open cup. So, if you're listening to this and you would like to play FIFA online against us, um, against anybody in the Mint City Collective, uh, join us. We'll have so far we have at least twelve people who've signed up for the open cup. I'm sure by the time you listen to this, we'll have at least 500. Um, but we're gonna have a big uh, Mint City Open Cup on PlayStation 4 FIFA um, that starts. What day is today? It starts May 18th. Um, so sign up before then if you can. And if not, if you missed it and you're listening to this in December because you're lazy or in a coma or something, um, follow Mint City PL on Twitter. Uh, that's where we kind of give updates on everything. So.
0: Have we got off the rails? You're just laughing at we, me. Now. We have. We're <laughs> going to bring it right home right now. So if it, so, right, to good. get into the Slack where we talk about all these kind of random things we do and all the Mint City PL stuff, yeah. uh, go to the Mint City collect or go to MintCityCollective.com. Uh, that's where you can learn more about Mint City Collective. You can join. You can sign up for the newsletter, uh, all that kind of stuff. I would definitely recommend joining, getting you the t-shirt or the jersey uh, and all the cool swag that comes with that and also get you access to the Mint City Slack where we talk about all these things and play FIFA and Talk about Animal Crossing and all those beautiful <laughs> things. So, amen. Uh, we definitely Crossing. recommend doing that. Just follow us on the social medias at Mint City Pod for both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and you can also follow Mint City Collective on Twitter and Instagram. Also, did you buy any turnips this week? I forgot I did. to ask. You did? I did, but not many because I'm like broke. Uh, so, I bought a few. So, I bought, I bought a
1: ton of turnips. So, we're going to need to. <laughs> We're going to need to interact. This is Animal
0: Crossing Talk. That'll be the the next podcast. The after show is when we talk about Animal Crossing. We'll close this one out first. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, We will be back soon, uh, sooner than we were this time, I promise. Uh, But until then, we will talk to you later.